Hey everyone, before we jump in, Miles and I are so grateful for all of your support and we want to remind you all to always dive within the limits of your training and experience and always follow the advice of your instructors and dive masters. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for formal dive instruction. We are thrilled to have this space to share our stories and experiences and thankful we get to share them with you. Stay safe out there and have fun. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Jake. I'm Miles. And this is Dive 6. We've made it to Dive 6. We're very excited. We've got a fantastic show this afternoon. We're going to talk about a lot of fun things, a little more of the meat of diving and some of the stuff that drives us crazy. And we really enjoy talking about some of the like deeper topics that we can kind of sink our teeth into a little bit more. Yeah, just things that, you know, in the dive community, we chat about without even thinking about it. We talk about often, all the time. But maybe people outside the dive community or just getting into it, they don't know. They're not in these conversations. Yeah, so we're going to bring them to you. But before we get into that, if you're listening to this, we have released our Surface Interval Wounded Warriors last week, a week ago, on May 25th. And we really hope you guys gave it a listen and enjoyed it and have been thinking about that conversation because it's a conversation that... We started with that surface interval, but it's something that Miles and I think is really important to keep talking about. You know, we dive for fun, but some people dive with other goals in mind or are working towards other things. So we want to do more of this, so we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. In the meantime, you guys have seen us posting about this on Instagram. <laughs> we, we had this little back and forth on Instagram last week. My dry suit's back. <laughs> Miles, my dry suit is back. I'm, it's been two months of uh, diving cold whatever. and miserable and complaining. And Give I me hated a break. it. No, I won't. I'm so <laughs> excited. I've been buzzing about it all day. My dry suit is back. I just got some new zip seals too. I'm going to put those in. I'm going to cut them tonight. And we, uh, you want to go to a dive? You want to go diving tomorrow? Mm, go? I, I actually, I dive. actually can't go tomorrow, but maybe the next day. Uh, I can't go the next day because of the thing, but, <laughs> okay. um, we'll find some time to, we'll find some time to go. Um, I'm so excited. I might just go, I might find somebody that, I might find somebody that isn't you. Oh, Sorry. That was rude. Okay. Sorry. Well, fine. you can't go. So what do you want me to do? Okay. We'll think about that. We'll think about that. But, uh, we both had classes this weekend. Obviously you heard about mine in the surface interval, but Miles, how was your class? My class was fantastic over the weekend. I had some amazing divers, super capable very smart and just fun just fun people where you know even underwater we're playing around i love that yeah and so they're making like you get to the point sometimes in classes where you get to really know people and you can tell by their eyes what they're thinking underwater and they're making these funny facial expressions and they can recognize my facial expressions and my eye movement and whatever underwater so it does get to be really fun at one point on dive three, when another group was out doing compass skills, I was sitting with the other half of the group, and <laughs> we were playing rock, paper, scissors underwater, but I started to go for it. I started to go for the rock, paper, scissors, and the first guy was like, 
what, what's that sign? We've never learned that symbol. <laughs> We've never learned it. And so I just kept doing it, waiting for the three of them. And someone finally caught on and someone finally like so shoots and fun, someone finally starts shooting like rock, paper, Doctor's scissors. You. you gotta hit it in the briefing, ready. This is why the briefings are so important. No, but it's almost more fun. <laughs> it is more fun when you can when just you like, When you wait yeah. for them to catch on and then they finally yeah. catch on and they're like, oh, okay, you're trying to play. <laughs> I love it when you get a group like that that's just yeah. sort of super jazzed about diving. Um, one of the uh, one of the uh, Marine Corps guys, while we were just talking, one of the Marine Corps guys just hit me up and wants to go diving with me. So maybe I'll go with him tomorrow. Oh, yeah, you definitely but, should. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of guys that were super jazzed about it, I mean, we we had to basically hold them back from going to the shop and getting more tanks and coming back <laughs> coming back to the dive site. Yeah. Um, no, that's so special that you got yeah, to do that because, yeah, I mean, like awesome. you'll learn in the surface interval, but Jake wasn't even planning on doing that dive. He was planning on doing a fun dive. I didn't mention that part. That morning. Yeah, so he wasn't even planning on doing that, but he yeah, was planning up. on a fun dive and then showed up. Yep. The Wounded Warriors were there with our good friend, and they invited Jake along to be the dive master, and yeah, it just it was perfect. Yeah, it, it was, was awesome. Fate, for sure. It was awesome. Uh, instead of doing one long and very cold dive, I did two <laughs> shorter and mostly cold dives because my dry suit wasn't back yet. <laughs> Give so, it a rest. Nobody wants. Nobody cares about your dry suit. I care about my dry suit, and I'm the one person, and that's enough for me to talk about it. The, so. Okay, so this brings us into what drives you nuts about dry, divers, <laughs> which is what this episode is all about, and I'll start with people who dive dry suit in San Diego do not shut up about the fact that they dive dry suit, and me, 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 me. We get it. We get it. You spent thousands of dollars so that you could be warm for 45 minutes and you don't just tough it out like the rest of us yeah that's exactly what I did. <laughs> that is exactly what i did because i i and I've, I've admitted this to students i've admitted it to other instructors i'm soft and <laughs> i am, i get cold easily so if i am cold i can't i feel like i can't teach well because all i'm thinking about is how cold i am instead of how my students are doing or you know anything else about the dive so i can't get past that i'm soft i am and so soft. now um listeners i'd like you to comment hashtag oh. jake soft on all of our instagram posts oh, because be, that's amazing this is gonna be great hashtag jake soft don't forget it <laughs> you know they're gonna do it too yes like everyone from the shop now is gonna is, oh god that's gonna be great that's your new name okay fine whatever i'm soft jake it's fine you're I'm soft fine jake I'm oh just, my god and, and what am I? Small miles. Small miles. Okay, perfect. You've admitted to being small on the podcast before, so it's not like I'm it's so, not like I'm so short, you guys. If you see any of our Instagram posts, I she's am always on a box. way shorter than all of my students. I'm way shorter than Jake. I my students get through the surf in San Diego and they look back at me and I'm just getting rolled. They're like, You good? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. Great we, job, guys. <laughs> we went for a dive last week. And oh, come on. we're walking out and the waves were this. like, no, we do, we do, we do have to talk about this because you're, you're saying I'm soft. Well, and you're talking about getting rolled by waves. So we're talking about this. So, uh, waves were maybe what, two, three feet, maybe it was, they, they were, were they three were... foot, but they were like tall. They were out there. Tall for tall, three feet. Or no, three they feet? were three feet, but the tide was high. Yeah. And so they were three foot, but then you also can't stand where it was breaking. Well, well you can't. I can stand. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so, all right, all right, all right. So I'm standing sort of in hip deep water, um, still wading out, just kind of ducking <laughs> underneath waves or letting them pass over me. 
And uh, and I look over and Miles is like I have Reg in just swimming under. Yeah, just swimming. Miles is like bobbing around on the surface. I'm like, you know, you can still stand. She's like, I can't stand. Shut up. <laughs> so that was a fun dive, though. That was oh, a really man. cool dive. But um, yeah, so what else drives you crazy about divers? Jake? Um, what dives? What drives me crazy about divers? Uh, our weird schedules. We oh. are, you know, we dive at weird times. Mm. Like I last week was trying to put a dive together. So I texted a group chat of like 10 of us, uh, all from my instructor class. And I was like, Hey, who can go diving? And all of us for one reason or another, which is why I ended up diving, uh, which is why I ended up going for the, going to the shores for the fun dive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was cause nobody answered me. So I was oh like, oh, I'll just go to the shores and find a buddy. But basically everyone had some sort of either, either working or they had some commitment. So um, you know, we dive at weird times of the day. Um, either, you know, I, I, we know a guy who dives either at like 10 AM or 4 PM, which if you think about the person that works nine to five, never, there's no chance. Mm-hmm. There's no chance that you, I, you could buddy up with that person. Yeah. But like for me, I either dive at, at least in San Diego, I dive at 6 AM or I dive at 530 PM. Yeah. Right. Before work or after work. Mm-hmm. Um, the but this is corollary probably, to that. This is probably specific oh, yeah. to San Diego or oh. Texas or Florida. You know, like everywhere else where you're, you're on a dive boat yeah, and you're, you're doing tours and you're in the tropics or something, it's probably pretty standard when they dive. Tours? Tours? Yeah. Tours. Tours? Tours. Tours? Is okay. there a W T E W A R? You really want to get into this? Oh no, All no, right, no, no. we'll save that. We'll okay, save that for Jersey. another episode. We'll yeah, save that for let's another episode. get into it. Okay, no, yeah, but you, right, you're <laughs> no, you're right. If you're on vacation or you're at a destination dive, your diving is pretty much synced up with when the shop takes you out. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're diving sort of for fun where you live, the Pacific and Atlantic coasts, even the Gulf Coast. You, just um, you, you go what you go when you can. Yeah. Um, so you're right. That's probably a, that's probably a unique thing to us. We have a we have a dive master at our shop who lives an hour or so away from the dive site where we do all our training. Mm-hmm. He lives up in the mountains. Uh, he loves living up so there. So he'll, he, he'll wake up at like 3 a.m. Yeah. And it annoys the crap out of his family. I was just talking to him about it before <laughs> we started recording. Um, I asked him, I was like, how do you like, how does that work? He says, when I dive, I sleep in the guest room. Oh my! He doesn't gosh. sleep because he because he wakes up at three thirty in the morning. Yeah, goes to the bathroom, walks outside, and yeah. gets in the car. So all yeah. the stuff is packed the night before. But he has to wake up at three thirty in the morning to get to the mm-hmm. to get to the dive site when we when we all need to. You know, we're waking up. I roll out of bed at four forty five. I'm there at five. Hmm. Um, oh yeah, I don't yeah, do that. I, look, I mean, I I, I mean, close. I take a little. I take a little bit in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I pack up all my stuff before, but I just am, I'm a person that takes a little bit in the morning, and so I wake up at like four, maybe like four fifteen, and I have all my stuff outside of my room so mm-hmm. that I don't wake up Caleb. But it is a common problem that I wake up the cats, mm. and then the cats stay awake, <laughs> and then they, uh, they want Caleb, Caleb to be they, awake. They torture him. <laughs> they do torture him. Oh, no. Oh, so sometimes no. I'll come back after a dive, I'm like, how'd you sleep? He's like, not good. <laughs> well, okay. Not much. <laughs> so we've talked about this before, but the post-dive nap, if you have morning dives... 
and your friends are like, hey, all right, we know you're diving in the morning, but like come meet us oh, out this like, does for a baseball drive, game this, or something this does in drive the afternoon. My, yeah. this drive, I know this drives my friends crazy. I'll be like, all right, I can do that, but I can't meet you till like four o'clock because maybe my dives are done at 11, but then I have to go home, rinse my gear, rinse yeah. myself, and I'm going to take a nap and I'm going to, I'm going to fall asleep for like an hour and a half. And then I'm like groggy, so I need to get some caffeine in me before I go out and eat something too. So, um, like, even if our dives end at 11, we aren't functional humans until a couple hours later. So it's just like our our whole day gets longer. It drives my friends crazy on the other spectrum where they will want to go out and party at, like, 8 p.m. to... Yeah, two right. o'clock the, in the morning like friday night and i'm like yeah i can't do that it's a dive weekend i just yeah. i can't and yeah, I'm that's, diving Saturday and that's morning most of my out. and that's most of my weekends yeah. and so you know it's just like i can hang out with you guys on like sunday afternoon yeah. and that's really it and they get you know they're like are you actually going to be able to hang out with us this weekend? Nah. <laughs> like no like i can come out for like one and then i have to be in bed by nine or ten so do you drive, like, are there things that you do that drive Caleb nuts? Do you like, so, so I, I, I asked this, we talked about this before we were going to, we knew we were going to talk about this. So I said, all right, Miles, talk to Caleb. I want you to ask Caleb what, uh, interview him. Like yeah. what about your diving drives you nuts? Now that he's a certified diver, probably less because he mm-hmm. understands it more, but before he was certified, but what do you think he's going to say? Well, I think... He's going to say, at least in San Diego, the early mornings are really tough for him. Um, the fact that ever since we, like, I started this journey of becoming a dive master, like, becoming a dive master, becoming an instructor, and then now being an instructor, our bathroom has just been taken over by dive gear because we've never had a garage. Because you're washing and drying gear in there. Always. Constantly. <laughs> I've constantly. Seen it. it's, and so, like, when fun. we were in Costa Rica, I had some of my gear at the shop, but a lot of the stuff, like swimsuits, towels, whatever, just covering our bathroom. And then now it's like all my dive gear is in our bathroom. And it's just this cycle of like, yeah, from like two days out of the week, maybe it'll be cleared. But then then on like Thursday, it'll all get wet and then Friday. And then it's just this constant cycle. So I think like not having a clean bathroom ever um, (laughs) is probably irritating. Okay. So moving off of things that divers, that we do as divers, but things that divers do that annoy us as dive pros Mm. and let's leave it let's leave classes out of it because that's a learning environment we're not trying to judge people in that environment no 100 if we see them on like fun dives or on trips or on vacations on dive boats stuff like that i would say like the biggest thing for me is that like divers that they're overconfident Divers that think they're better than they are. Just, I'm not even, like, overconfident, but cocky. I think cocky people in general irritate me, but especially... <laughs> That's fair. But especially in a dive environment, because, you know, it is it is a dangerous sport, and you do have to be really cautious, and I think the moment that you think that you're yeah. too good to, you know, dive safely in any respect... You're too good for a buddy. Yeah, you're too good for a buddy. You know, anything like that, I think the that's when you see problems occur that's when accidents yeah. happen is when you get too cocky so you know yeah, overall friend. that is my biggest thing as a young female diver 
I walk into a dive boat and people think that I'm a student constantly. They always think that I'm a student. They always think that this is my first day out, which is fine. I don't care what you think about me, but it's when you're telling me how to set up my gear, when you're telling me how you're better and your way is the your way or the highway and blah, 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 blah. I didn't ask to talk to you. Yeah. So it's just these like, Older, like, usually men divers who are constantly trying to parent other people on the dive boat that I just, I just can't do that. That's actually something that one of our friends, shout out Jason Waters, (laughs) sent in uh, on the Instagram stories over the last week. Uh, We were asking you guys to send in stuff that divers do that annoys you, stuff that you do as a diver that annoys your friends. Um, and he sent in a few, and that was definitely one of them. And mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. Like, I think to me, though, it's a little bit more about without having a conversation with me, mm. if you just start telling me things yeah. about how my gear should be set up or how I should dive or uh, anything like that, if you start telling me that and you don't first have the conversation, you're like, hey, how, you know, is this, you know, like, if, if you, if you don't, if you assume that this is my, like, first dive, and maybe it's I look like that because it's 6 a.m. and I'm tired and mm-hmm. I haven't like woken up fully yet and I'm setting up my gear nice and slowly and you're like, hey, you should really get your gear together. We're here. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know, I know, I yeah, know, I get I know. it. Give me a break. Um, or like if you give me advice about how to set my gear up or like where to put things. Don't okay. This is gonna sound like I don't know. This is this might sound bad, but don't tell me how to arrange my gear. No. Don't tell. Be, well, like even if you have a good suggestion about like where to put my gauges or something. I will very politely say, hey, you know, I appreciate the suggestion, but like this setup works for me. I know they're doing it because they f- they know something that works for them and they're seeing me like just waving something around because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I got tired. distracted or something or I'm tired. Yeah. Um, but it just annoys me when someone's like, hey, you should really keep your, your gauges there or you should make sure your gauges are here or there. They probably didn't realize that. I'm, I'm thinking about one very specific scenario that happened to me mm-hmm. and that did, did annoy me. Um, but they probably didn't realize that I had a tank transmitter and my, uh, transmitter goes to my wrist so I can see my, yeah. uh, my air pressure on my wrist and that I don't, I keep my gauges tucked away to streamline myself yeah. a little more. They probably yeah. didn't realize that. Um, but it was still just very annoying. Well, I think like this maybe can be the last point on this, but I've said it before and I'll say it again about teaching versus fun diving Mm -hmm. when I'm teaching I'm gonna help you all day long I'm gonna answer any questions I'm gonna do recommendations for you you know I'm gonna be super helpful and active if I'm not teaching and I see someone that unless it's like a major safety concern I'm not going to talk to you I'm not gonna talk to you I'm not gonna do recommendations I'm, I mean, I'll be friendly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm super friendly and stuff. Especially, like, but on yeah, a Sunday. No, you're right. You're right about advice. You're but right. advice-wise and recommendation-wise, I don't give it out at all and on fun dives. And that's why we have a, a whatsoever. disclaimer and so, of this podcast. Yeah, and so, like, if, you know, if someone's giving you a bunch of recommendations and comments chances are they're probably not a professional because as a professional we really shouldn't and can't do that we know better on fun dives right exactly so if you're paying us that's a different story and we're going to give you the best advice and and guidance but otherwise we're going to be just like any other diver um you know we'll we'll swap stories we'll share our opinions Mm -hmm. about things only if you ask yeah exactly so yeah but 
I want to move off of this because we because we're and both we getting go, into this. Like I we know, can talk all day, we but, we, could go all but we're trying long. to also uh, be sensitive about the fact that we're not trying to take up seven hours of a podcast. Yeah, I want to move off of this and I want to talk about um, another type of diver that's just annoys the hell out of me. And it's usually it sort of goes in line with these cocky mm-hmm. divers. Yeah, it's divers who have bad buoyancy or are touching stuff constantly. And they're usually, they usually go hand in hand. Hand You don't have good buoyancy, you're not staying off the reef. Exactly. Or in Southern California, you're not staying off the bottom and you're kicking up a lot of silt and dust and shit. Yeah, or you're destroying the canyon wall. Or you're destroying the canyon wall. Well, the canyon wall, to be fair, the canyon wall gets destroyed every six weeks. But um, we shouldn't be speeding that process along. We should be respecting nature's processes that have been going on for millions and millions and millions (laughs) of years. So, yeah, I mean, we've all been on dives, and we don't need to go into specifics about who, what, when, where, why, and how, but we've all been on dives, and you know there's that one person, and you sort of know who it is before they get in the water. You just know they're not, they're going to be bouncing off the bottom the whole time, mm-hmm. and they're going to be touching stuff, and they're going to be like, they're not going to notice where their fins are relative to the coral or the reef or the structure, whatever it is. And you're just like, all right, I need to be nowhere near them for two reasons. One, they're going to kick silt up the bottom and I'm not going to be able to see anything. And I'm not going to be able to take any pictures. Exactly. Nothing makes me more steamed underwater than watching someone not pay attention and knock over, like, uh, you get this beautiful horn coral, staghorn coral, and just, yeah, hundred years gone. So, like, I, I have to swim away from them because if I don't, I will get no i will say something outside of the water if, if, if it's if, if i see that i mean it's extremely annoying it's very annoying yeah so i think you know all of that can be encompassed into one general statement of hmm. just not being aware yeah so yeah, exactly. divers that lack situational awareness above and below the water are extremely frustrating Right, and and not even to us as pros. I think like even before we were pros, when we were just divers. If you get on a boat and there's that one diver that's unprepared, underprepared, or you get in the water and they're just making a mess above or below the water. To be honest, if they're make if they're a mess above or below the water, that ruins it for everybody. That makes it less fun for everyone. Yeah. So absolutely, you know, our some of our best advice to you will be. Be mindful of you, yourself, your buoyancy, your surroundings, so that you don't end up being that guy. Yeah, and I would say, you know, in every situation, just start out observing how that dive boat works. Who is a regular on the dive boat? Who is also maybe like new to the area or whatever and just start out your entire dive your entire day just observing and then you can kind of get into it and make friends and do your thing but just like really being aware of you know the new situation that you're in and if you are noticing like hey you know my buoyancy is not so great there are tons of courses you can take from Mm -hmm. various dive shops and dive agencies you know patty has peak performance buoyancy um, uh, most other certifying agencies are going to have some form of buoyancy course that you can take that is designed to dial in your buoyancy and make, give you strategies to manage it better so that you don't end up accidentally. Cause we know no one's doing it on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's be, let's be clear about that. Yeah. No one is purposely going on a dive being like, I'm going to be a bulldozer today. Yeah. Like no one's doing that. That's true. 
But I think it's the people that aren't doing anything to fix it. Right, exactly. So we, we want to encourage, I think, you know, as, as dive professionals and even just as divers, we want to encourage our friends, other people we see, uh, our dive buddies, everybody. We want to encourage them to be mindful of their surroundings. And some of this does also fall on dive operators. You want to be giving that briefing ahead of the dive that says, hey, this is the conditions we're gonna, we're, we expect to see. This is how we're going to conduct this dive. This is what not to do. Yeah. You know, even out here, we have a couple of wrecks out here, right? They say, unless you're, certi- unless you're certified, you've done penetration on these wrecks before, don't do it because they're dangerous. Yeah. There are sharp edges. They're deteriorating. They're not new wrecks. They're, some of them aren't designed to be where they are. So, you know, it, it goes the same way with reef dives. If you are dropping a bunch of divers onto a reef, you want to say, hey, guys, remember, be be careful with your buoyancy. Make sure you're staying off this reef. This, you know, this is a protected habitat. Or even if it isn't a protected habitat, most reefs, I think, are. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like most of the reefs that we dive on yeah. are protected in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just the boats or the operators reminding divers of, hey, you're about to drop into an environment that is protected. Um, you know, make sure that you are also protecting it. And that goes into also, like, listening to your briefing yeah right actively listening to the briefing and asking Ooh. questions if you have divers it. that annoy me divers that don't listen to the briefing yeah. if they're on their phones or That's they're just not there for or the they dive try brief. to talk to you during the brief yeah like, if, if no, you're just like I'm making side if you're just making side comments while yeah. the captain's giving a briefing, yeah. I have no interest in talking to you yeah yeah so oh that's oh, that's a good one I didn't think of that one yeah I think that one's a big one for me but yeah um, I think you know I think we could probably wrap it up there with those. I mean, I'm sure there's others. I'm sure. I mean, we just we just thought of that one. So yeah. I'm sure there's others. So hit us up on Instagram. Let us know what we missed. Uh, but we'll wrap it up there and we'll move on to our next topic. So we'll move on now to something that's near and dear to my heart. We were talking about this yesterday. We were talking about it today. <laughs> um, diving with photographers. People that underwater photographers, people are taking, bringing GoPros down, video, photo, in general, those people tend to be same ocean buddies. Yes. Because we chase stuff and we go looking for stuff and we're focused on finding that thing and not necessarily focused on our buddies. So that leads to a couple of interesting situations. So I would say, know. so just giving a story, Jake and I went on a dive when I got back from Bali. Maybe we already told you guys about it. But the visibility was really, really, really bad. We had the red tide. And then, um, you know, we kind of had to stay close together with that. Finally, it broke out, you know, around like 70 feet. But The, the when visibility it, went from 5 but, feet to 35 feet. Yeah, so the visibility cleared up, but it was still super dark. So I was actually very happy because Jake did not have the opportunity to take photos. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I brought my camera, but I didn't have my lights with me. So they were basically, it was, it, it felt like a night no, down there. Yeah, and, it was, um, it, there was, it was a lost cause for sure. So we I wasn't to, using the camera. Yeah, we had to use our lights even in 10 feet of water. Yeah. We used them the entire dive. Yeah. And it was at 5 o'clock. Yeah. So, so sun was out. Everything was nice. But, but long we, story short, Jake didn't take any photos. And it was really nice because we were both, we actually stayed together. Yeah, Jen, she, she basically sat like directly next to me to the point where I was like kicking her every time I did a frog kick. 
And I, I got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep kicking. If you're willing to get kicked, you can stay there. Okay, but in my defense, in my defense, truly it was like diving in mud. Yeah, it, 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 was, it, no, it really was bad. It, it was bad. It was bad. Um, so I don't blame her for doing it. But as a rule, right, when when we're diving with other photographers, we tend to give them a little more space. Yeah. Because we know, one, we don't want to mess up their visibility. Yeah. We don't want to put silt in their shot. Because if, we, if I see a, a photographer going in close to something... I'm expecting they're taking photos of it, um, so I'm going to try and stay as far away as I can. Yeah. Just kind of note where they are so I can go in next and look for whatever that thing is. Yeah. But I'm not going to crowd them because mm-hmm. um, I also don't want to bump them while they're getting their shot because the other thing you don't want to do, especially like I take a lot of video, mm-hmm. uh, which you guys have seen. Miles takes a lot of video too. You know, If you're bumping them, the video is going to be shaky. It, yeah. looks, it looks bad. So you want to give get... them a little bit of space. I always feel so bad for the photographers who are getting a really good shot or they're seeing a great animal interaction and then students come up and they want to see it too, which I get it on both sides where it's like the photographer wants to get a great shot right now, but the students, you know, maybe it's their third dive ever and they're seeing an awesome octopus interaction. Yeah. So I can see it's, it on both yeah. sides, but then the well, photographer is like, dang, if, your buoyancy isn't very good yet, but the yeah. student is just enjoying their time and they have no idea. They really, they're, the, the awareness of that situation, it's, it's, it's not, not there part yet of their dive, at yeah. all. It's not part of their dive, their dive mentality yeah, yet. Yeah, and so I can see both situations, but I would say that's probably yeah. the most annoying for a photographer is to come and like get bumped <laughs> by someone who truly doesn't know. Yeah. If I'm dive, if I'm with students and I see a photographer, I'm going to try and take them away from the photographer just because I know that can happen. Um, and I'm also not taking video if I'm with students. So if I'm with students and I see a photographer, I'm probably going to swim in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And if I'm videoing with, you know, if I'm the dive master, but I'm not teaching, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm just, if I'm doing guided dives or something like that, and I do have my camera with me, um, I'm going to, I'm just going to know, like... I'm going to get three or four seconds of video before before my other divers are on top of me. And at that point, I'm going to point out whatever it is and move on. The other thing that I think a lot of divers aren't really conscious of is when, when, when photographers and videographers go to set up a shot, we do it with the, with the light we have. Mm-hmm. So whatever lights we brought or whatever ambient light we have, that's how we're thinking about our shot. Mm-hmm. So... I know every diver, when they do this, they're, t- they're thinking they're going to be helpful. But shining your light directly on the subject... <laughs> Not helpful. ...washes out the shot. Yeah. It washes out the shot. Um, so sometimes what will happen is I'll line up a shot. I'm like, I know the light's not great, but I can fix it. I can go in post-editing. I can fix it. I can yeah. make it look good. If you, if, if you take a, like a spotlight and you put it on the subject suddenly the light's not good anymore mm, um, I've done that because too. the camera doesn't <laughs> i have definitely done that to you <laughs> i think you might have done it one or two times um the camera doesn't know what to focus on and it doesn't know what to balance its aperture for necessarily i mean you know we're talking about gopros they, they're somewhat intuitive and somewhat not so sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it's just you know i like to always if i'm gonna bring lights down that's all the light i'll even i'll even hide my uh or tuck away my my torch, mm. my spotlight, um, while I'm taking video, just so it's, so I don't have this beam of light, mm-hmm. this circle of, of very bright light yeah. in the middle of, of the middle of the dive or the middle of the video. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just you know it's things to be things to be thinking about when you're diving with photographers. 
Yeah, those are a lot of things I have never thought about. I yeah. personally, I haven't taken the underwater photography class. Just you should self I, I really want to. Once I like have that good camera, I'll definitely do it. Right now, I don't have the best camera, and so I just haven't taken it yet. But these are all things that I didn't know. So yeah, I think, you know, I think there's like a lot of people who don't know any of this. So that's really good information. Yeah, it's one of those things that, you don't necessarily know it until you dive with a photographer for a little while mm -hmm. or you talk to a lot of dive photographers. I was very fortunate when I started diving in San Diego, a couple people, um, shout out Charles and Jamie, took me uh, took me under their wing sort of, and we went on a few dives together um, on the water horse, on one of the uh, local boats, and also in uh, a couple other places around Southern California. And I sort of got to interact with them and we talked about you know, how to, because I, I asked them, I was like, you know, hey, I haven't dove a lot of photographers. Where do you, you know, what should I be thinking about? Yeah. Um, and they basically said, go over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then pointed in a direction sort of not near them. Um, but, you know, you also, if you're diving with two other people and they're all taking video, you don't want to all line up for the same shot. You want to get different angles and things. You want to try yeah. different things. You're all, you know, if all, if, if every dive Because you'll share on, it. Like, you know, exactly. you'll share it and you give people creds to who actually took the oh, shot. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you tag them, you watermark them, whatever. Yeah, because um, we've been on dives before and you had your camera, so I didn't bring mine. Yeah, and I just, and I, I, I you tossed shared you the video, it to yeah. You shared it with me. I posted it, but I yeah. said all these pics were taken by Jake. Yeah, no, it's, hey, you know. The really nice thing about the dive photography community is that, uh, for the most part, I've I haven't met anyone who isn't like this. I hope nobody's like this, but everybody seems to be really welcoming and 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 willing to share photos and videos. Especially if you get on the boat after a dive, and you know you're with other photographers, and something really cool happened. Maybe yeah. you saw mantas, or you saw a shark, you know, tiger yeah. shark or something. You can go to those photographers and be like, "Hey, did anyone get a really good?" video yeah. or photo of this and would you mind sending it to me yeah. most of them are going to say yes and they just and like the big thing is just like giving people credit yeah. where they're due and give like, them credit don't yeah. try to steal their stuff don't try to make money off their stuff but they're gonna they're gonna be yeah they're gonna be good with it so i think we can wrap up photographers there i want to do a whole thing on photographers at some point okay um i have a couple of friends that hopefully will come on yeah and we can talk about maybe by that time I'll, I'll take the underwater photography class i can join in mm -hmm. a little bit more cool yeah for sure for sure. So we'll, uh, with that, we will move it on. All right. So let's go ahead and wrap this up with our nerdiest dive facts. So let's just do one each. All right. Uh, my nerdiest dive fact is that if you record the sounds of the healthy reefs, like the clicks and clacks and you know, all the stuff you hear when you're on a reef, all that clicking and fizzing and whatnot, mm -hmm. if, you, if you record those sounds... And you play them back through speakers at like a spot where the reef has died and there's no fish. Mm -hmm. If you were, if you play that sound back, all the fish come back huh. within a couple of days. It's wild. I mean, I get it though. That's one of my favorite sounds in the world. So it is totally, an awesome sound. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the I fish. Get it. I, I don't get think it. the fish go ooh rock concert. Let's go over there. I think it's <laughs> I think it's more you know primal yeah. than that. But yeah. yeah, it's very cool. I mean, sadly, if you take those speakers away, the fish go away again. But it's kind of a neat thing. Like, it, to me, it was like, oh, wow. So the fish don't just think about, okay, where the food is, but they, they, there's some, you know, hearing or vibration sensing that goes on mm -hmm. that attracts more fish to a spot that already has a lot of life. Yeah, if you know more about this fact, please 
let us know if it's more the vibration or is it the sound? What what is it? Yeah, let us know. I heard I heard about this actually on another podcast a couple of years ago, and I've been I've been using this fact. I've been riding this fact hard for like three years <laughs> oh, because I, I think it's so it. cool. I can hear it. <laughs> um, so yeah, please let us know if you know more about that. What's your craziest eye fact? Okay, so I heard this fact from a friend in Costa Rica when I was training in the Golfo Duce. So if it's true, please let me know. If it's a myth, please also let us know that. But in the Golfo Duce, it's this really big gulf and it's very special. Where is it? It's south of Costa Rica. So just right up from Panama. The southern border of Costa Rica. Southern Pacific border. So it is like right, right close to Panama. If you've heard of Drake Bay, it's like right there too. Okay. But if you go directly west, you hit Isla Cocos. Okay. So this is where you used to work when you were in Yeah. So this is where I was living and working there. So this bay. Okay. So it's really special. There's a lot of different diversity there, you know, pretty untouched. A fact that I heard is that the dolphins in that bay don't migrate. They never leave. So if this is true, please let me know. If it's a myth, also please let us know that. Jake doesn't believe me. I'm skeptical because all I can think of is this one quote from a TV show (laughs) that just goes, generations and generations of systematic inbreeding. (laughs) And that's all I can think of when I hear about this because if there's no new member you know no new dolphins going in or out of this bay and adding to the gene pool i mean at a certain point like the dolphin gene pool is going to become saturated and they're going to start to have issues and die so hopefully that's true at least dolphins are showing up maybe once they show up they don't leave it's like southern california yeah um but <laughs> yeah i, mean, I don't know yeah, please... I, I don't know if it was true but what i heard is that the dolphins in that bay they never left and they don't migrate like other dolphins do. So if it's true, let us know. If let it's not, so, also definitely let us know. And we'll come back on on the next episode and let and you know. Cl- clean this up. Clean it up. Um, so we'll wrap up there. We had a really great conversation today about stuff that drives us nuts. Yeah. Stuff that we do that drives our friends nuts. How we can fix some of those things. We got some great learning opportunities for both of us. Yeah. Uh, talked about a lot of really good stuff here. And if anyone is going to be at Scuba Show in Long Beach next or this weekend, this weekend, uh, June third, Saturday. Third. Is it third Saturday? and fourth. I'm just going to be there on Saturday. Okay. So, so June if you're 3rd. there, if you're there on Saturday, let us know. Hit me up. Let's get in touch. We'll love to bring you on the pod. Say hi. Uh, we'll have stickers out there for you. Um, so definitely, you know, at least come get a sticker. Uh, we'll be, I'll be walking around all day. Uh, I'll try and make myself uh, noticeable. I'll, I'll post something on the Instagram story at the beginning of the day so you can find, see what I look like so you can find me. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll see you all there. Otherwise, until next time, I'm Jake. I'm Miles. This has been another episode of Free Descent. We'll see you guys soon.